Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Welcome to Cavs of Podcast. Uh, I'm Nate Smith, and I'm here with Evil Genius. Hello. And uh, it is Sunday night. Uh, we're watching Chicago's up by seven over Boston with about one thirty to go, and it, it's it's looking like uh, Chicago's pretty ripe for a game one upset. So pretty yeah. happy about it's looking, that. It's looking pretty grim for. The Celtics are right about now, yeah. uh, despite the the emotional boost they may have gotten from the whole Isaiah Thomas's sister thing. Yeah, uh, which, which is awful, and I I feel for the dude because that's it. It's just horrible. <laughs> I mean, no one. Yeah, no, no one I mean, that you, young should have. Yeah, I mean, you had to have like anybody, that. but yeah, oh, of course. And then to have it happen, you know, to have it happen on the eve of something. You know that requires so much of your right, so yeah, much of your focus. GOAs for you. So. Yeah, so it's I mean, just instantly kind of casts a, a you know kind a of haul haul over it. You know, and you and you want to think like, well, I'm sure there's you know this is this is probably going to be his hardest game, this first one after it happened. So you know, maybe from here on he'll you know he'll be able to channel that into you know, uh, kind of like additional reason, you know, motivation to, to try to win. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just a hard situation for anybody to go through, I think. Yeah, it was a real interesting first uh, set of games, a set of game ones this weekend in the NBA. And yeah. we can obviously start with the Cavs. Um, I missed it on my DVR ate it on Saturday, so I didn't get to watch it until I got the replay today on NBA TV. Okay. Um, and it was it was an interesting game. Um the Cavs definitely do you think they played down to their opponent? Cuz I have an opinion, but I want to hear yours first. I don't think they did. Um <clears throat> I think I think if anything Indiana played up. Um I I think that, you know, Indiana has been playing really well. They they were playing really well at the end of the season. They they had won five in a row coming it to to actually make it into the playoffs and into the seventh seed. Um, a big part of that had been the the lift they'd gotten from uh, from Lance Stevenson because he's really helped he's really helped their bench unit quite a bit because um, you know because they they weren't a, they didn't have a great bench unit. I mean they're they're kind of Paul George and a and you know Miles Turner is a is a nice piece but he's still Still, you know, he's only a year away from being a rookie. So, you know, he, he's definitely got a lot of potential, but he's not necessarily that guy, that, you know, that you're going to count on for, 
you know, for clutch minutes in, in a playoff game. Um, although he played pretty well. Um, but yeah, it feels like the <clears throat> Indiana really, really started to play a lot better over the last, uh, you know, week or two of the season. In fact, they were five and one. The only game they lost with, with Lance was that 135, 130 double overtime game against Cavs in Cleveland. So yeah, and Lance didn't play a ton that game. I mean, he played some, but yeah, it was right after they got him. Yeah, exactly. Um, and but yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, I think I was sort of torn between the the Cavs. Um, and I wrote a lot about this in the in the recap too. That you know, it felt like to me that there were still those those flaws were still there. They still reared their head a bit. Um, but it was certainly a better game than they they had been playing recently. Um, you know, so so I yeah, think yeah, and Paul George played really well. I mean, he yeah. hit some ridiculous shot. That shot he hit to cut it to one. I mean, he's about five feet behind the line. Oh, yeah, almost uh, from the, the logo. The Cavs go under the screen for like a second, and that's all he needed. And, yeah. Um, it wasn't bad defense. Like Kyrie, you know, Kyrie was closing, and you know, and it, granted, it was a switch, but it. I don't. Th- they he surprised him. I don't think he they expected him to shoot that far out. So. Yeah, and Kevin Love not a great game on the boards. Probably one of the poorer games I've seen on the boards from him recently, but. Thaddeus Young did a really nice job rebounding. Yeah. He had some great offensive rebounds. Miles Turner is a really hard guy to keep off the O boards. Um, and, the, and the Cavs' size, or lack thereof, kind of kind of bit them a little bit that game. And that's something they're just going to have to deal with throughout the playoffs. Um, yeah. The other thing, I actually thought JR's fourth quarter defense on Paul George was really good. Yeah. Um, well, he only scored um, four points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, he he was quiet until real late in the fourth quarter. Um, and one of those, two of those points were on an absolute phantom JR uh, call where he didn't even touch him and he got called for a foul. Yeah. You remember that one I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. He kind of yeah. jumped out of the way the way LeBron did against Paul Millsap last week and yeah. still got called for the foul. Um, yeah, there were a couple of those in that game. Yeah. And there was yeah. that one that Kevin Kevin got called on the on uh, Jeff Teague in the first quarter, where yeah. literally <laughs> Jeff Teague, like Kevin, came back down to the floor, and then Jeff Teague threw himself into Kevin, yeah. and he still got called. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it's definitely an odd. Um, it was an odd game. The Cavs missed a lot of layups late. Uh, LeBron missed a couple. Kyrie missed a layup. Um, three in a row during that uh, yeah. that eleven that eleven zero run that uh, that the the Pacers had when after the Cavs had gone up like one hundred four ninety three with the Channing Fry three and then Indy went on the eleven zero run to take the two point lead and there were yeah there were three there were three three straight blown like point point blank shots from two from LeBron and one from Kyrie and then. Uh, and then there was another couple of uh, like just offensive rebounds that they should have gotten that they didn't get, and that was a big, that was a big problem. But I, I agree with you. Like I, I think, I think there was there was a really good defense from Jr. I thought I thought really good defense from Kyrie in the fourth quarter too. I mean he had, you know, he, towards the end of that of the the third quarter, you know he he was part of he was there helping LeBron get that 
get that ball away from Karen, uh, Kevin Serafin. And, um, you know, for that, that, that first one sort of got the half steal on that. And then you got two steals in the, in the fourth, had a nice block on Jeff Teague. And, uh, you know, and just overall, I thought he, he played, he played some pretty good defense in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Yeah. Kyrie definitely a shot wasn't there tonight. You know, and to me, I really thought this was a, uh, glass half full, glass half empty kind of game. Like the Cavs did a lot of things you haven't seen them do well. Uh, they kept the turnovers down, down to about 11, uh, yep. which, which was pretty, you know, not the best, but it was pretty good. Um, well, and three but, of those were from LeBron in the first quarter where it was like one of you got caught up in the air where he didn't pass it and then did another travel. So, yeah, I mean, I agree. Like the turnovers were weren't weren't the issue. Yeah. The one turnover that was really painful was that J.R. Smith turnover after he got that rebound and was trying to swing it to Kyrie late. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, but the other part of that being that's such a bang bang play and. He had to do something because the shot, the shot clock hadn't gone off. So it's like, if you're going to turn it over, you'd much rather like a dead ball out of bounds turnover late off a trying to get a loose ball than, you know, feeding the other team's break. So, uh, I thought the floor balance was good. A lot of people had a problem with that LeBron James shot when they were up one, uh, where he kind of took that step back three, but I didn't yeah. think that was the worst look. Um, he was two for three, you know, he was two for two on threes that game. They had good floor balance for him to shoot that shot. So it wasn't going to lead to a fast break. Um, I, well, I that was, that's his problem. spot. That's yeah. his spot on the floor too. I didn't have a huge problem with that look. I thought that was a pretty good look. And, and although he, he had yeah. no separation to get that shot out. Sorry, go ahead. The problem I, the problem I had with it, and I can see why people did is that the guy who had switched on him at that point, if I'm not mistaken, was, was Jeff Teague and he could have yeah. put, put the ball on the down, floor yeah. and, 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 or just driven right past him, yeah. I think, you know, and, but. And poor Jeff Teague, uh, was kind of the victim of the Pacers strategy of switching everything. And yeah. the Cavs just sought out Jeff Teague and posted up whoever was on him. And he, he definitely <laughs> did not hold his own. In the post, no. uh, I think we all can agree that Lance Stevenson looked a lot better uh, getting those minutes uh, rather than it's hard to play Teague and Ellis at the same time against the Cavs because they're both so small. Yeah. And Lance with one of those guys on the floor just seemed like, OK, we can go throw Teague on whoever's not going to be in the picture. Well, so. and the, the and the problem for them, too, was that because the Cavs didn't play Shumpert. So normally you could stash one of those guys on Shump and and not and be okay, but they didn't play Shumpert, so they, they you know the Pacers never really had a chance to you know to to be able to hide both of them on the floor together. Right. So. Right. Um, um. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah. So. Um. Yeah, and that's I don't I don't have a soundproof uh, podcasting booth at my house, unfortunately. Yeah, that's the other thing that was a big surprise from this game. Uh, no Amon Shumpert, uh, no Derek Williams, no uh, James Jones, and no um, 
Why do they have in the box? Oh, Dante. Dante, Dante. Jones. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I kept I kept thinking Damon in the box car. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, Damon's Damon's on the bench, but he's, he's, he's just behind. He's not going to come yeah. in the game. Yeah. But and then they no. benched Walter Tavares, which to me, I really felt like they could have used his size, especially on the rebounding. I know they probably don't trust a rookie, but I feel like you can give it a go when the Pacers are running Kevin Serafin out there. Um, yeah. Because he can cover up a lot of mistakes on the back end. Um, wow. Wow. They just gave, they just gave Boston this crazy inbounds call. I saw that. They gave that to Boston. Yeah. And they, and then Isaiah just scored. So it's 104, 102 with 7.5 seconds left and it's the Bulls ball. That's weird. That's. Well, that's a that's a garden call because it really didn't look like it went off Butler. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, just... it's okay. It's okay. I just saw the replay at a glance, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's Bulls ball." <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Um, so the other thing that really struck me, um, that Teague Jeff George pick and roll out of the top of the key was far and away Indiana's best offensive play, and I was. Super glad that they did not run that at the end of the game. Um, yeah. Because that was killing the Cavs. And they, they were getting points out of it time and again, whether it was... I know one time Kyrie went under the screen and T got the three. The other time LeBron went under the screen and George got uh, got free for a three. Um, the Cavs were going under every time and it was killing them. And the the... Pacers, to their credit, were, were shooting well, but they didn't go to that at the end of the game, and they just opted to isolate Paul George at the top of the key, and the Cavs doubled, and yeah. and nobody was really in the middle of the floor at uh, to kind of be the safety valve, and uh, C.J. Miles kind of came up to the left wing, Paul George threw it to him, and clearly wanted it back, and said that after the game. I didn't think if he'd have gotten it back, he was in a remotely good position to be able to make a shot at the ball. I thought Miles' shot was a much better shot than Paul George would have gotten, but uh, he missed it. And you know, his time in in Cleveland, Miles was not exactly known for being clutch. So, what do you think? No. Um. Yeah. Look, I think the Cavs forced the Cavs forced what they what they wanted, which was to get the ball out of out of Paul George's hands. And yeah, I, I agreed with miles. Like I don't, with, with four seconds, like I don't think you're going to get the ball back to George with enough time to, to get a shot off. Um, and I, I agree. As like far he, out as he was, I mean, he was about yeah. behind the line and he had, and he had both, he was being trapped by uh, LeBron and Jr. So yeah. I think, you know, look, Miles's shot was, was a good shot. I just, it just front rimmed. I mean, it was on, it was online. I, I mean, I, I thought it was going in. I mean, he, the way he shoots that shot and, you know, yeah, RJ kind of contorted a little bit though and kind of line drived it. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, RJ kind of flew past him and probably messed up the shot, but, um, but look, it was a, it was a, it was a decent look. And, yeah. and I think he's, he's on that team to shoot the ball. So yeah. I think uh, I actually, I actually felt like Paul George, that's probably not something you want to say well yeah, I mean, like, you say I that you say that to him in, like, the, in the privacy but yeah and i was wondering if like he even had the opportunity to look at the film before he was there for the uh 
the press conference because I think if you looked at the film, you'd have been like, no, that's yeah, I probably did, wouldn't have got a good look at that. But I mean, whatever. Uh, I, I'm all about continuing the infighting for the Pacers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, um, other takeaways from that game, I I did feel well. Like, you you well, sorry, you brought up the point. Oh, sorry, you brought up the point earlier. That I mean, did you think the Cavs played down to their competition? No, no, I didn't at all. Um, I did find a couple of lineup choices curious. Uh, there was a lineup that had wait, curious lineup choices from Ty Lue? I know. I know it's hard to believe, but there was a lineup that featured Kyrie at the point, and then I think Fry at the center, and then either Kyle Korver or um, I guess it would have been Richard Jefferson was playing the four. And oh yeah, they had a very hard hard time rebounding with that lineup. Um, or stopping anybody from scoring. <laughs> yeah, but I felt like that lineup kind of scored enough to hold its own, but. That that was an odd lineup. I I thought thirty one minutes from Tristan Thompson, uh, especially when they are having meat rebounding problems and uh, Indiana clearly not not content to go small there. And the Bulls, the Bulls just won. Bulls won. Yeah. Uh, Indiana clearly not content to go small there. I wanted to see some more minutes from Tristan Thompson because he was far and away the Cavs' rest, best rebounder on offense oh, and yeah. defense that night. So I, yeah. I, I, and who knows what's going on with his thumb? Maybe it's on a minutes restriction or something like that. But no, I mean, like he played as many minutes as as Love did. I mean, they yeah. both played 30, 31. and you know, I think I think it was some of it is uh, Lou just playing LeBron at the five, yeah. which cuts into Tristan's minutes because you know sometimes Ty likes to go small like that and. You know, and LeBron seems to not mind it. So, you know, and, and that's when they do that, it makes it harder for the Pacers to match up, I think, because, you know, then all of a sudden, you know, you've got a miles isn't as important because you've got, you know, maybe you maybe you've got, you know, love or fry at the four. And, you know, you, you've got you, you, whoever, like if Paul George has to play inside or, or whatever, you just you tend to wear him out a little bit more. But um, but I think that's more than anything why, they, why they're doing it. I mean, Tristan played really well. He seemed like the time off that he got, as angry as he might have been about it, um, both, both in the, you know, in that last game against the Raptors and, and uh, where he only played 18 minutes and then this, this last game – you know, he definitely looked more like his old self. So yeah, and the Cavs seem content to go small. I mean, let's be honest: if the Cavs go a decent percentage from the free throw line, uh, even even make five more, uh, this game isn't nearly as close as it would have been. Yeah, um, the Cavs that that was probably not probably that was their biggest shortcoming this game. You know, zero for three from Thompson, zero for one from Kyrie. Uh, Kev missed three free throws. Richard Jefferson missed two, and LeBron was six and nine. Yeah, which wasn't bad. I mean, at one point LeBron was four or five, but then he was yeah. two or four in the second half, and a couple and of those because was saying yeah. he was he had switched up his free throw stroke. Uh, I didn't see it. it, it yeah, he re- took a he took a step back with one foot, mm-hmm. so it's it sort of sort of like. It, Whereas he had more of like a parallel stance before, he had sort of like a one foot behind the other stance now, mm-hmm. and a little bit and a little bit um, a little bit more of a more square, I think, 
Um, he also looked like I, he had a faster release, like he wasn't slow motion um, catapulting it up there. Yeah. Well, but, he said he said after the game uh, in the in the post game comments that he'd been working with Corver uh, yeah. over the last couple of couple of days to try to try try a few different things there. So yeah, and I think uh, it's in his own head a little bit too. So he, well, he made that yeah. promise that I put that I put on the oh yeah in the in the recap that, in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he needed to make at least one more to get close right. last night. So right. But look, I mean, he wasn't as much as he, you know, he, he missed three, but at least he hit six. No, you know, the, he, he played a great game. I mean, you can't complain about the game he played. Thirty-two points, yeah. thirteen assists, six rebounds. Um, but Kyrie wasn't really, either wasn't getting the calls or or just wasn't uh, looking for. He doesn't really do much of that anyways. Like really, kind of like try to draw the contact. Um, yeah, you know, he he seems to have. You know, he, he seems to have a little bit more of a of a. I'm just going to make the shot. And I don't care if you you try to ha- try to yeah. stop me. And it's a little bit of a byproduct of he just doesn't go to the line as much. And, well, and he shot nine threes too. I mean, yeah. He, with aside from those threes, you know, he was 11 of 18, which you'll, you'll take all day. So, and he had a couple. He did look for the contact on the one. You saw the one where he kind of baited. Um, I think it was Monte Ellis into running into him from behind oh, as yeah. he was pulling up. And and that was a nice play. Of course, he missed the free throw. And yeah, his only free throw of the game. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I say this is kind of a glass half full, half empty game. I mean, the Cavs did some things about as poorly as you can do them offensively and still won the game. You know, yeah. Kyrie had a bad shooting night. The Cavs did not shoot well. Well, I guess they were eleven to twenty-eight, so you can't really complain about eleven to twenty-eight outside it, including Kyrie. So yeah, they, no, they were they were ten of they were ten of nineteen without Kyrie. So I mean, look, they were lighting it up. I mean, they they shot sixty-five percent in the first quarter. They shot sixty-four, I think, for the first half, mm-hmm. and they wound up the game at at what fifty-six percent. So fifty-four percent or fifty-four, yeah. So yeah, I mean, the shooting obviously dropped off in the second half when. The defense has started tightening up more, and the, it was a lot more of a half-court game, and you know it became much more of an ISO game. Yeah. And they stopped moving the ball so much. I mean, it's what we've seen all year. I mean, it's right. just that's who they are. Like they, right? Well, when, when they get out, and run the ball. Basketball and, too. Yeah, of course. I mean, and that's but that's and what's that's what they're geared for. So, and they have the two of the best ISO players, you know, in in the NBA on their on their yeah, side. So. True. So when it it's nice that they can they can win both ways playing both ways. Apologies for the <laughs> for the dog fighting. <laughs> the ring dog fighting, yeah. Background, yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, that's that's what that's what that's how this team plays. They they certainly could try to look for more of love in the post of you know a few more lobs to Tristan in the third and fourth quarter. You know, to try to mix things up a little bit rather than just just yeah. jacking threes and Kyrie was mostly guilty of that. Everybody else, yeah. I mean, Corver really only took one. He only took one shot. Um, I'd love was, to see when LeBron's on the bench more Kyrie, Tristan Thompson pick and roll. Sure. I mean, because then you're getting Tristan involved in the offense. You you can easily put three shooters out there to kick the ball to. Um, and they do it so well. I mean, yeah. I, I, you know, there was a couple of great 
couple of great, you know, slow-mo videos of it, you know, where, where when Kyrie isn't too intentional about it, yeah. uh, you know, he, he can really get a nice game going with, with Tristan that way, the, the buddy ball. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it'd be nice if he would go back to that a little bit later in games. But, uh, yeah. hey, look, they, they won the game. Uh, you know, I think it – it was only close because of the missed free throws, because of the missed chip shots, and because Paul George, quite frankly, just hit some amazing shots. Yeah, Paul George was really good that game. And LeBron, his finishing at the rim, I mean, he had some dunks that were just insane. Um, yeah. And the Cavs did a really good job of getting him in transition. Uh, he had that one dunk where uh, Richard Jefferson tipped it back to him. And then he had the other, the reverse alley-oop. Um, you know, LeBron still at the age of 32 is playing with elite athleticism. So it's it's been really nice to see. And his shot was there tonight. So yeah, uh, Cavs played well. Um, and yeah, their defense needs to be better. But I felt like they cleaned some stuff up. And, you know, like we said, Paul George hit a lot of really tough shots. Cavs yeah. got to be more disciplined about whether they're going to go over or under the screen. I feel like the way that team's shooting right now, you got to go over every time, especially with Paul George and Jeff Teague. Yep. Um, but outside of George and Teague, I mean, there's not a ton of guys that scare me on that team. Cavs did a really well, good job. CJ, of, CJ well, I was just hot, about to but... say, they did a very good job of containing CJ Miles. Uh, part of that was his five fouls, but you know, CJ only got six shots off. The, the Cavs were on him. Uh, I thought one of the guys that I thought was just had some great minutes, even though he didn't score a ton of points, was Kyle Korver. Had just a bunch of really nice little, just little thing plays where he would tip the ball to an open guy, um, where he'd make a defensive rotation. He had a nice steal. Um, you know, he only got one shot in his 15 minutes, but I just felt like his veteran presence was was really solid out there. Um, the Cavs went with a nine-man rotation. Uh, LeBron played 43 minutes. Um, you can't argue with that too much. Uh, Iman Shumpert, the odd man out. We'll see if that continues. Maybe it'll motivate him. Don't know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, all in all, I was not displeased. I think if that shot goes in, we're all a lot less happy, but... Sure. We will see but what happens. Probably not, but probably not too upset. I mean, well, I we're, think, we're less happy, but I don't think any of us would think, okay, the Cavs are going to lose the series now. So, No, no. I think, I think you, we, you, you expect them to come back with a vengeance in game two. But look, maybe the one point game and the close call and the, you know, because I mean, that was the hard part is they, they were up by 10 towards the beginning of the, the fourth quarter. And and eight or nine as as late as halfway through with like yeah. five six minutes to go, and they fell into that old pattern again where and it wasn't even bad shots they just no missed they just missed layups. chip shots yeah they yeah missed, missed layups and, and so and free throws and free throws so you know they probably gave away about eleven twelve points which would have kept them you know eight or nine points ahead so I mean you look at that and it's a different game because yeah, then. Absolutely. The Pacers, you know, they it's out of reach a little sooner, and you know, there's probably probably a much a much bigger margin at the end. But in all honesty, 
maybe this is the best thing that could have happened because it gives them something that they have to, they look at that and say, well, okay, we won, but we won by one and we got lucky that, you know, we, we, that, that Miles missed the shot. I mean, LeBron said it like he missed, you know, can't think about what might have been because he missed a shot. We won, but it could have easily been he hit the shot. We lost. So I think they'll look at that hopefully and look at the stuff they need to clean up. And at the very least, we'll look at hopefully they, you know, shut the gym for a couple hours and make everybody shoot free throws and, you know, and, uh, and do that, but, and do some box out drills. Yeah. (laughs) But I, I don't expect love to have games, too many games like that. I think he, he, maybe Thad Young's just not a good matchup for him, but also, he was in a good rhythm early, and then, like like what happens sometimes, he just got out of it. Yeah, he missed some shots late. Um, his shot is definitely still not all the way back from before the injury. Uh, it still seems a little flat, and he seems like he's kind of drifting when he goes up a little bit sometimes. But yeah, uh, hopefully he gets there. Um, the extra time off, I believe, uh, between Monday's game and Thursday, yeah. After the next game, it's a Monday to Thursday, two days off. So that'll be good for him. Um, and you were talking about something a little bit before we started was you feel like the Cavs fan support's kind of fallen off a little bit. Yeah. And, and, and I, I want you to go tell, into that a little bit. I can't tell if it's, I can't tell if it, if it is, uh, it's one of two extremes to me. It's either that, fans are sort of look at it and say, well, LeBron's what he's won his last 18 straight first round games. Uh, the Cavs have won their last 12 or 13 straight now. Um, you know, Indiana shouldn't be that big of a, of a, an obstacle for them. And we already won the title. So it, you know, so I'm not on pins and needles if they, win or lose the game it's it's not that important to me it may have been because the game was on early i mean it was 12 o'clock my time it was three o'clock uh eastern time so it was the first first game up on the on the docket a lot of people are you know doing things on a a saturday afternoon um and you know so that it might just be that that people are just like ah, yeah let me know when the finals are here or let me know when it's at least the you know, Eastern Conference Finals when they're when they're actually up against somebody, but I I kind of feel like it's the other side of that too, which is this this second half of the season malaise that the team's gone through has almost permeated the the fan base too. And maybe we're just maybe I'm hypersensitive to it because of you know what we do with with the blog and and there's definitely a lot of comments about, but I I felt like. I don't know, for for a little while there, it just felt like the the commentary was just so was such on the on the negative side. Are you that, talking about the blog commentary, or are you talking not about just and not just not just the our blog? Vibe other, you feel from yeah other places is, too. So this like is in the vibe you feel from the arena. You kind of feel like the online community, the Cavs Twitter verse, as it were. Yeah, the Twitter verse. I think. Um, although the the crowd. Again, you can never tell with nationally televised games. I always feel like you hear it better when it's, you know, the Fox Sports Ohio guys and they just seem like they have maybe microphones that pick up the, the crowd noise better. But I don't know, it just, it, yeah, it just 
the whole thing just kind of felt a little, a little like people yeah. just aren't quite sure. Yeah, aren't quite sure if they should. They it's safe to get behind the team yet. I, I can see that. I, I also think it was it was kind of an off day a little bit for Cavs sports, it being Easter and all, or Cleveland sports. Uh, the the tribe looked about half full, which for a Sunday afternoon game, I thought was really. <laughs> but it's Easter weekend. The Cavs are also playing that day, so. Although for a for a Kluber Verlander matchup, you know, I mean, and there's a lot of people that come down from Detroit to watch these games too. Yeah, so it, it, it was it was not as many people in the ballpark as I thought I'd see. So. Yeah, but who who knows? I mean, again, it just could be my perception of it too. But it, you know, there's there's something. It's just a little bit off about it. And, yeah, uh, I think it, I, I would more, uh, chalk it up to the, you know, holiday afternoon game. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna think that the Monday night game, there's gonna be more energy there. Sure. Um, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I, I feel like the Cavs gotta rep, the fans gotta represent Monday night because clearly Indiana is gonna be pretty hyped uh come thursday so sure so no i they they love their basketball in that and state, so. and that's always a tough place to play yeah especially for the caps they've always had trouble there yes although yes, have. although the last few times they played there without lebron so yeah <laughs> so who knows yeah so uh going around the rest of the nba um anything real surprising for you uh, I mean, uh, we clearly just watched Chicago beat Boston, which was which, a bit of a shocker. Not for you, though. I mean, you yeah. picked you picked Chicago, right? <laughs> I did, and I did because I just feel like Chicago has the best player in the game, and everybody else on the two teams, you know, Chicago's got more experience. Uh, I have never seen Brad Stevens win a playoff series. Yeah. Um, Boston I, yeah. seems like they're built for the regular season. I agree with you, and I, I think it's hard. Look, Isaiah Thomas, I respect the guy for being that size and still being able to, you know, be one of the premier scorers in the NBA. But everybody talking about Isaiah Thomas for MVP should be – I mean, they, I don't know. I, wanna, I want some of what they're smoking because um, you can't be the MVP without playing – the full game and Isaiah Thomas plays half the game. He plays the offensive half of the game. He's not, a, he is the worst defensive player by a mile in this league. And that's saying something in a league that, that Damian Lillard exists in and Kyrie exists <laughs> in like he's, he is head and shoulders, like the worst defensive player. So I don't know how he would ever be the MVP. And look, when you get to the playoffs and defenses tighten up and they key on guys and they double team guys, I mean, he had, what 33 points tonight but he you know he was he's still a guy that he's he is bound by his limitations you know and i don't know i just wasn't that impressed with boston over the the most of the season i mean they started slow they kind of got into a soft part of their schedule uh they won some they won some decent games um and then i think i realized about halfway maybe like a quarter into the game against the Cavs I was like they're just not they don't have enough like they right. don't have enough rebounding they don't have enough shooting outside of well, here's uh, the Isaiah thing about Boston I feel like every single one of their players has just a giant deficiency 
in their game. Yeah. I mean, Anthony Johnson, um, or Amir Johnson, Amir Johnson, Amir Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just not a good offensive player, slow, old Jay Crowder, you know, not a great offensive player. Al Horford, we all know that he yeah. doesn't rebound. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, you just went through all that. And then Avery Bradley's just too short to be a two guard, even though he's a great defensive player and can be a very good offensive player at times. And then their bench is just, you know, they're all kind of one dimensional role players. Yeah. Uh, um, Kelly Olinick, you know, not a great defender, uh, kind of a, a three point shooter. I feel like yeah. he's playing outside, out of position a little bit of power forward, but I just, they yeah. don't. Marcus Smart, of, Marcus yeah. Smart, really good defensive player, yeah. not a great shooter, even though, and he, but that still doesn't stop him from shooting three pointers. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, on the other side of the ball, you've got Dwayne Wade, uh, one of the great two way players of all time, had a really nice game tonight defensively two steals two blocks had a huge block late uh jimmy butler one of the best two-way players in the league um you know robin lopez had a 14 11 tonight uh filled yeah. the lane really well for them i'm not sure that the celtics have anyone that to counter him in the middle and then yeah. bobby portis just played oh, out man. of his mind tonight i mean he was just shooting without a conscience Tonight, yeah. 19 points, three or four shooting, nine rebounds. So the Bulls can definitely take the series. And it just kind of cracked me up that Boston was complaining about being disrespected. Uh, under, disrespected as one of the worst number one seeds of all time. And it's like, you only have 53 wins. 53 yeah. wins as a number one seed is really not that good. Which you could know. have been the Cavs. It could have been the Cavs. It, well, right. But, number one seed, but... Yeah, but the Cavs also defending champions also, you know, we know the narrative on the Cavs. Sure. You know, Boston was really gunning for the number one seed. They wanted it. And yeah. and it kind of feels like, okay, that was our Super Bowl. <laughs> you know. Be careful what you wish for cuz yeah. I'm I like I like like we were just talking about like I think the Bulls the Bulls have more guys and look, they they swept the Cavs this year. Like the Bulls definitely have more guys that you worry about than the Pacers do. And so, you know, when you look down that list, like if this was, if the Cavs had had wound up getting the number one seed and were playing the Bulls, you know, you think about how Miritich shoots against them. You think about how Butler performs against them and how Butler is able to guard LeBron. You think about how, you know, Lopez, we we wouldn't have really much of a match for Lopez in the middle, how Rondo's been playing kind of like old Rondo lately. And then Rondo's been playing really well lately. Yeah. And then the Wade factor. And then you just mentioned like guys like Bobby Portis, Felicio, you know, uh, you know, Jeremy Grant, even Zipser has been shooting the ball well. So, you know, and they don't even have Michael Carter-Williams playing, you know, yeah. so... Rondo shot 38% from three in the regular season, which is his career high, you know. Yeah. He's, well, he looked motivated, too, in back in the garden again, you know, to be like, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna show you guys how I used to play. And, uh, yeah, I, I well, look... Well, happened with that team. I mean, that team just looked like they were going to blow the whole team up in midseason when they had that big... Like they benched uh, Rondo and Wade for a game or whatever, yep. and then Butler. made the trade with uh, with uh, OKC. And actually, I felt like that trade helped them out a lot. 
because it really kind of cleared the roster to get the younger guys some playing time. I mean, sure. Zipser and Bobby Portis and um, Felicio were all kind of trapped behind Taj Gibson, and, yep. and it helped them out a lot uh, just to you know clear the decks for them a little bit. So, and well, and, right, I, I, I yeah, I, I was gonna say I, I'm just I'm glad it's the Celtics playing them and and not the Cavs because I yeah. I think the Cavs would have their hands more full i still think i still think the Cavs would beat the bulls but i i think they would with it might be yeah. more like a six game series than than say what what may happen here with uh with the pacers but uh yeah and against i i'm not sure i wanted to see miami either uh, yeah because the Cavs did not play miami well all year so that 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 of the three teams, you know, the Pacers are tough. I'd probably wa- rather watch them than anyone. Uh, other games that we saw, uh, Washington beat Atlanta today. I didn't get to see much of that, but I heard Atlanta's uh, comments after the game was that Washington was playing an MMA game yeah. or an <laughs> MMA match. So uh, yeah. did you get to watch any of that? Uh, only the highlights. I didn't really get to see to see much of it. I know it was pretty close throughout and then and then Washington kind of pulled away in the fourth quarter although the I think they because they 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 scored almost 40 in the third so um and I think it was just Wall and Beal were just kind of going nuts and um they got some production out of Kelly Oubre off the bench and yeah I mean look they they've got a formidable starting five for sure uh and they probably have the best backcourt in the east I mean, I, I think I'd probably take Wall and Beal over Lowry and DeRozan, yeah. if I'm being if I'm being honest. But I do think that Toronto's got more weapons, both on the bench and in the rest of their lineup, that makes them a little more talented. But that was probably my biggest surprise of the weekend was, um, you know, was was Toronto losing to uh, to the Bucks in Toronto. Um, and I know that the, that, the, that was a big surprise. It was, that was probably my biggest surprise of the weekend. Cause I, I feel like Toronto, they were, they were like one in nine in, in first games of series yeah. over the last three, like three or four years. And, and, uh, you know, they just, they just don't play well in, in opening games and they, they got off to a nice start and DeRozan looked like he was, he was pretty, pretty well engaged and and even though Lowry wasn't having a good shooting game he was still distributing the ball pretty well and then it was probably the best game I saw um Serge Ibaka play for them mm-hmm. like since since at least that I've watched you know since he's been there and um I don't know they just kind of they just kind of couldn't handle the Bucks length well and they ultimately. the bench the Bucks bench killed them I mean yeah the PJ Tucker had seven, Patrick Patterson had three, and then, you know, Corey Joseph had three. Meanwhile, off the cat, off the, you know, the Bucks bench, they had Delhi with 11 and Monroe was just a beast with 14 and 15. I mean, they had no answer for Monroe off the bench. And it was interesting because uh, the talk at the beginning of the season was how poor of a fit Monroe was and how they were going to look to move him. And they just carved out a really nice bench roll for him. And then, you know, Spencer Hawes threw another three on top of that. And then, you know, the Greek freak was just fantastic. Yeah. And I mean, he was throwing down ridiculous dunks. 
Well, and not only that, um, uh, Malcolm Brogdon. I mean, talk about just getting a gem in the second round. Yeah. 60, when you are a rookie in your first game out, you score 16, two rebounds, two assists, and only one turnover, and you're plus 17 on the game. Uh, <laughs> you're, that's just found money right there. Yeah. No, he should be. He should be. He'd get my vote for rookie of the year. Well, he probably has the most significant contributions to a winning team. Well, yeah, and 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 because Joel Embiid only played thirty-one games, so you know, I think like Brogdon, we 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 all know how you feel about Delhi, and I I agree. Like he's he's a he's a great. I think he's a great backup point guard, and I think they didn't really they didn't have anybody to start the year. Um, and he did, his, he did a good job early on, but then he got hurt and then Brogdon came in and I think they saw they had a gem in Brogdon and, yeah. you know, the way they have it now, like that's a pretty good one, two point guard punch now with yeah, but, Brogdon you know, starting Dele, and Dele Dele off the held bench. close last night, you know, Delhi oh, yeah. played 32 minutes and, well, because, and he was great. <laughs> yeah. I loved watching him. Well, because and Jason Cavs Kidd, missed him so much because Jason Kidd is a smart defensive coach and. And, you know, I think Delhi plays the way that, that Jay Kidd used to play, which is, you know, he's just a lot of, a lot of hustle. He's a pass first kind of guy. All you know, he boxes doesn't, out on the rebounds. Yeah. Doesn't like to shoot it, but can when he needs to. And yeah, yeah I think he, I think, look, I think he loves, we always kind of thought that like he'd be a great fit with, yeah. you know, under a guy like, under a guy like, uh, Jay Kidd. So, well, and yeah. the, the big, uh, thing for them, five turnovers in the game. I mean, yeah. there was no player with more than one turnover. <laughs> when you do that, it's and and you out-rebound the other team and well, I guess they didn't get out-rebounded, but and you outshoot the other team, it's very hard to lose. Well, you and know. and, a, and a, an example of of a guy making a difference in limited minutes and even though he this is this is a guy starting versus say like a Tabaras who might get minutes off the bench but Thon Maker yeah. blocked three shots had three rebounds stole stole a ball and you know hit two shots in 15 minutes and was was active for them gave them you know another like really tall wingspan kind of guy on the front line and you know made life difficult for the Raptors he and he is going to be uh I I have a feeling he's going to be a really good player in like two, three years. Well, he's been working with, um, they were saying he was been working with Kevin Garnett and uh, who's yeah. really kind of taken him under his wing. So, and Garnett has, I mean, look, Kevin Garnett's always been prone to hyperbole, but Kevin <laughs> Garnett is like, this kid can be an MVP. And well, I, I think he may not be an MVP. He could be a really nice piece, he especially be, if, yeah. especially if they, especially if they, if they don't ever get a, a full healthy season from Jabari Parker. Yeah, who's a great player, but when he's healthy, but he just hadn't been health- healthy that much. Well, the thing about Maker is he seems big enough and mobile enough uh, to be a center in the modern NBA, uh, yeah. and a guy that you know he doesn't have a great shot right now, but it's not bad. Uh, yeah. he he can you know shoot out to about fifteen feet. You know, he stepped into one the other night, so you know that team is going to give Toronto all it can handle. It looks like oh, right yeah. now. Um, Toronto, you know, game two, you got to think is a must win game for them. I would think so. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, yeah, it certainly is because they don't want to go to Milwaukee and I mean, they, 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 yeah. get, they could get swept. 
Yeah, and Lowry, a real rough game. Uh, and that's the one thing you got to take away for Toronto. Uh, he was two for 11, only scored four points. Uh, DeRozan had a big game, uh, but he shot seven of 21. Uh, the yep. length of Milwaukee was a real problem for Toronto. And in a way, I would almost rather Toronto win the series <laughs> so the Cavs don't have to play Milwaukee next round. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I still think that the, that Toronto, look, it was a bad game for Lowry. I don't expect Lowry to have another game like that. Although who knows? He may still be, he may still be trying to, you know, on, on the men from the, from the wrist injury, but he, he had some really good regular season games when he came back. So I I don't know if it's that so much as just they were really keying on him and he just had a bad game. So I don't expect Lowry to have a two for 11 over six from three kind of a, kind of a game, uh, you know, in the future, but, uh, but who knows? I mean, look, I'm Delhi did a nice job on him. Brogdon's got length, you know, they got plenty of guys that can throw at him. So if they're going to do that, then they're going to need other guys to, to step up and, and get it done. And, you know, I think the problem, the problem with Toronto is the problem that they still have. And even though they added Ibaka, you know, as a guy that can come in and play the the power forward, he, all he did was kind of replace Patrick Patterson in the lineup, and they didn't really add any shooting. So and, they and still Ibaka don't have. Is a decent shooter, but he's not a great. Shooter. He's not a three point shooter. Yeah, well, yeah. he shot four the other night, but he's not. Yeah, he's not a great three point shooter. I'm saying he's not. Yeah, it, because DeRo- we we know DeRozan can't hit threes. Yeah. And if Lowry's not hitting threes, they don't really have anybody who can because they, they got rid of Terrence Ross in that deal, who yeah. was the one other guy that could really, really be consistent from beyond the arc for them. Yeah, the lack streaky, of shooting but, off the bench right now is is an issue for them. Yeah. Um, you know, P.J. Tucker has not played that well since he came there. Um, Patrick Patterson's a bench shooter, but yeah, we'll see what happens in that series. Should be an yeah. interesting one. Um, but I, I feel like the, the way the Cavs played the Bucks in the regular season, I, I, whereas some some series, I don't. I think you just can't really. There's not. You can't tell much from that. I do think those games were all really, all were very well played, intense kind of games, and the Bucks played very much like they like they played this game against the Raptors. Um, I don't know. I do think I do think the the they 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 would be formidable, but I do think the Cavs would would be okay with with playing either one of these teams. Um, you know, quite frankly, I <laughs> you know it, it's going to wind up being. I mean, at this rate, it feels like it'll be it'll be Cavs Wizards for the for the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, so. I have our our one game snap to ju- snap ju- snap judgment. Yeah, I know so. exactly. Right, but but that's okay. I mean, we saw some other stuff out west. Utah beat L.A. without Rudy Gobert, and L.A. looks like if they lose that series, you got to think they're going to blow that team up. I mean, I mean, finally, hopefully, right? I mean, but then I've the other side of that being, that. <laughs> you know, who are you going to get? I mean, how long is it going to take you to rebuild? It's going to take you a long time. So maybe you just roll with what you have. I don't know. Yeah, I, well, that's true. You know, do they try and make a deal for Mello? <laughs> Which I, you know, just seems to be adding more of the same. But 
and and kudos to Utah for making a great play of not calling a timeout, going straight down the court, seeking out uh, Jamal Crawford, and you know ISO Joe went to the rack on him, got a lucky bounce, and and won the game for uh, for Utah. So that was a that was a fun game too. I hope Rudy's not out for the rest of the series, but it, it sounds like he might be. Um, we'll see, yeah. we'll kind of see what happens. Uh, Memphis got their butts handed to him by San Antonio, you know, no surprises there. Yeah. And then tonight, uh, it appears that, well, I don't know if you, do you watch the Portland Golden State game at all? I did. I did. I watched really it. a good game. I watched it for, I watched it for three and a half quarters until I couldn't stand watching Draymond Green anymore. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> the barkiest barker that ever barked. Yeah. <laughs> God. It just was ridiculous. And the kind of the funny thing is that uh, Giannis got called for that technical after the block on DeRozan the other night. And right. the demonstrativeness shown by Draymond on multiple occasions on that game was far outweighed what we saw from Giannis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he did not get called for a technical. Uh, and I'm mainly convinced that because the officials are in fear of their lives. So, yeah. And, yeah, that was annoying. Uh, Portland played really well, but then at the end, you know, uh, Golden State just kind of pulled away. Uh, I was super impressed with uh, C.J. McCollum. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, he had, twenty what, 27 points in the first quarter? Yeah, he had 41 in the game. Yeah. Uh, the problem with that team, as you know, people noted, they only have two guys on that team that can shoot. Yeah. Uh, well, and they lost Nurkic right before the yeah right before the post. Yeah, losing Nurkic hurt them badly. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it's th- too bad. It would have been nice to see. It would have been nice to see either them with Nurkic or Denver with Jokic go up against. Uh, quite frankly, a. a Golden State team that's that I still think is kind of a donut team, but a hole in the middle. Yeah, <laughs> you you don't trust patchouli oil. No, he's terrible. Uh, they, you, I mean, they'd be better. Did you see that be better that screen foul he had where he just uh, grabbed, just hooked him? him yeah. yeah. No, I, I, look, they'd be better. To be honest, like as much as I don't really much like Javale McGee that much, Javale did a lot more to help them win that game than than patchouli oil did. So yeah. But that's the other thing. It's he's kind of a token starter anyway. Yeah, you know. No, of course. And Draymond plays most of the most of the time at center. And yeah, I I can't stand the guy, but I have to give him his due. He's, he's oh, he was great. He'll probably win the he'll probably win the defensive player of the year this year, and and you know he'll deserve it. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he was great that game. Five blocks, three steals, nine assists, twelve boards, nineteen points. I mean he did everything. Uh, he was he was the heart and soul of the team that game, and I loathe the dude but yeah you know i gotta give him his props and and durant you know was 32 points yeah that yeah team's, you've got to be really good to beat that team especially in their building yeah so and and portland was really good for three and a half quarters and then uh they got held to 33 21 in the fourth quarter so yeah that, that won't... That, that's what golden state does to you <laughs> yeah well, they and they they know they can turn up the defense when they need to, and yeah. even with the, I mean, look the between Iguodala, Draymond, uh, Clay Thompson, 
and um, uh, and Durant. I mean, those guys are all plus defenders. You yeah. know, I mean, Steph's Steph's the only starter that's not a not a plus defender. So yeah, and that's a sixty-seven win team. Yeah. I mean, I I think that gets overlooked a little bit because they won seventy three last year, but well, I mean, also because we're you know because where we yeah <laughs> where, well, where okay, our interests yeah. lie yeah yeah <laughs> uh, but we we may have some blinders there but yeah I mean they're, they're really good um it's it's gonna be I don't see Portland I I called the gentleman sweep for Golden State um you know the Rose Garden will get Portland one game. And then, you know, and then it's probably on to um, the winner of Utah and L.A. So, which I really think is going to be Utah. (sighs) Yeah, it's even before that, before the the, that last second win. I mean, although it's true what you said, Gobert going down, you know, they, they may have been able to do it there. But when when L.A. has a chance to game plan more for, you know, there being no go bear if you if you can't come back for the series then that obviously that'll change the dynamic a little bit yeah. but i just don't have any look i, I live in la I've, I've had no faith in the clippers no. since this all started they, they're just they're even more of a look what sometimes they can get it going occasionally and you know look, chris paul's great and you know he's a great Boy, floor general Griffin's great he is great in his own way, but but Blake can Blake can get into stretches where he takes bad shots and and he doesn't really rebound. I mean, he is he's he's not as as much of a you know dominant guy as you'd want him to be sometimes. And then you know DeAndre is DeAndre is a great rebounder and and he's a great dunker on out. I mean, DeAndre is a he's fantastic is a, in State Farm commercials. Yeah, no, but DeAndre is is literally like like Tristan, you know, in a couple of in a couple of years. Like it, it's that's his skill set, and he's taller and and he's got bigger hops. So yeah, you know, I mean, but that's what he does. He rebounds and he dunks balls. Like he yeah, has and, no, and, you know, they I mean, got even Redick. even Tristan's got a got that kind of push hook that he throws in. Yeah, you know, that, that's become pretty automatic, but. Yeah, but Redick, I mean, I just can't see Ballmer keeping this team together. And I and quite frankly, I can't see Doc Rivers being here much longer if they don't get to the final to the at least the Western Conference finals this year. So Well, if they don't get out of the first round, I mean there's gonna be a lot of questions asked. Oh, for sure. For sure. But I it's just, you know, Chris they'll they'll they will trade somebody. And it may not be – it may be Chris Paul. It may be Blake. Well, um, I think Blake's a free agent this year, isn't he? Yeah, he might be. Yeah. So. Yeah. But it just kind of goes to show you how hard it is to put a team together in the NBA right now. I mean, the, the level of play at the top is so elite that just being a few notches off that is – you know, it's hard to compete. So Yeah. No, it's why people always make that argument about Cavs being in the East. It's, you know, it's a it's a much easier path, and and it's a harder path this year, but it's still an easy path compared to the West. You know, yeah. because you don't want to, you don't, you you just don't want to have to play a, a a San Antonio or a Golden State in round two or or in the in the conference finals. Like, you know, these are both sixty plus win teams that 
you know, that while well, San Antonio actually won, I think they won 59. But, um, yeah, that's, they're both, they're both stacked teams. And I just hope this year we actually get to see them play each other in the, yeah. in the conference finals. Cause we haven't, we haven't been able to see that yet. And, you know, for various reasons. So, you know, I'd like for there at least to be a, a good challenge for, you know, for this, this big four of Golden State, uh, before the finals. So. Yeah, for sure. And I'd love to see him play a very physical team, uh, to kind of, kind of rough them up a little bit. So. Well, they might play, I mean, they might play too if they wanted to play in Utah and, and San Antonio. Yeah. Yeah. That would be fun. Well, yeah. uh, any parting thoughts? Anything that, uh, you're concerned about? Anything that's changed your opinion of the postseason from what you've seen so far? Um, not really. I, like I said, the biggest surprise was the Toronto yeah. game, mainly because I think Toronto's in for a really big dogfight now in round one. So, uh, you know, no matter who comes out of that series, I don't expect the Cavs to drop more than a game to Indiana. I could see them dropping game three or four, you know, but I could also see it being like the last two years where all four games are really close and competitive and they wind up still sweeping. I mean, it's what happened in, against Boston two years ago. It's what happened against Detroit last year. You know, they're definitely going to get the best shot. And and what this team in Indiana has that those teams didn't is a superstar in Paul George. So, and, and usually a superstar can win you at least one game. So, um, so I, you know, but I, I don't see it. I just can't see it going more than, more than five. Um, and I, and I, I think if that's the case, then it'll be like, it'll be like the last two years where they'll have some time off waiting around for, for the winner of the, of the Raptors bucks, which could go six or seven. And, um, you know, I think they'll have plenty of time to game plan and, and, uh, and I think they'll have, weirdly, I think they'll have a more of a mental edge on, on Toronto anyways. Um, cause I think the Bucks are such a young team with such, such athleticism and energy that, you know, I don't think they'll be scared. I think it'll just be, you know, can they out talent them, which I think they can, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think, I think the, the playoffs so far, other than that game have gone pretty much how I expected it. Um, I, I like that, you know, a lot of, some people will say that they didn't have, the Cavs didn't have, enough effort. I, I disagree. I, I think they had plenty of effort and, and will to win that game. I think what they lacked at times was a, a little bit of a of, of mental focus. I think they're, they, they just, you know, those, those missed free throws, those missed chip shots, those, you know, those yeah. sort of fumble, fumbled away offensive boards that they should have had or defensive boards they should have had are all focus issues. They're not, yeah. they're not effort issues. So, um, so I think if they can clean that up. Yeah. Defensively, think, other than going under the screens when they shouldn't have, I thought they were somewhat, so, they were pretty solid. Uh, Channing Fry had some great shots. Uh, but yeah. he, he was kind of partially responsible and they took him out in that fourth quarter run. Uh, yeah. I think it was after he was just standing there guarding no one and, and a little too late. They took uh, him out. Miles yeah. Turner kind of just got a layup with nobody guarding him. So. Well, I think there was, yeah, Miles Turner had that one possession where he, like, got his own rebound, like, two or three times, and yeah. then finally put it in, so, yeah. yeah. 
So yeah. How about, I, how I about you? What's your what's your any any thoughts my on that? My only big takeaway is uh Milwaukee really uh better than I thought they would be. Uh and Middleton didn't have a great game. Still played forty one yeah. minutes. If Middleton scores ten well, points, that series gonna be a war. Um I I fully expect that series to go seven. Um yeah. And Do you think the Wizards have anything to worry about with the Hawks? No, I don't. Th- I don't think the Hawks are very good. Um, the problem with the Hawks is, uh, I you know I heard on Tony Kornheiser the other day the the Hawks run a five out offensive system, and they've got a center that makes no sense in their offense. Um, right. And along with that, uh, you know, Schroeder not a great shooter, uh, although you know had a decent game the other night, uh, but they don't defend that well. And, you know, they're just not very deep. They're not as deep as they have been in years past. And I, I just think uh, Washington has more talent. And Atlanta is kind of in that NBA purgatory right now where you're good enough to make the playoffs but not good enough to get any better. So I, I'd be surprised if Millsap stays after the season. Um, I kind of don't know. They have a lot of decisions to make on what they're going to do as a team. Um, maybe they can lure a free agent, but I'm not sure um, that they're going to have a hard time this off season. So, and well, they and they've got yeah, because I think a couple other guys like isn't Hardaway a, a free agent too? And um, Hardaway's a free yeah. agent. Yep. Um, Ilyasova, I believe, is a free agent. Uh, Mike Muscala's uh, a free agent. Um, yeah. You know, Dunleavy and Calderon. So all those guys. Uh, are free agents, and the one thing that that does give them is a lot of cap room. Uh, they sure. may they may have as much cap room as anybody this off season, but uh, they they have a lot of decisions to make. So, and I'm yeah. not convinced that this free agent class is all that great. So, doesn't seem like it. I mean, you know, there there's there's, uh, there's going to be a lot of teams with cap room. Yeah. So. Yeah, and It'd be interesting. Uh, yeah, the other thing I wanted to ask you about is, uh, what do you think about the Zinger uh, not reporting to his uh, exit <laughs> interviews for the season? Uh, I think it's time for Phil Jackson to go, uh, and it's beyond well, time for that. I mean, Phil Jackson with up his, his whole option. I know it's crazy because because Dolan doesn't know what he's doing either. But right, um, yeah, I know. And then that's and then Phil had his you know crazy you know press conference about telling that you know basically giving mellow notice like yeah you should probably move on go somewhere else so yeah I, i'm sure i'm sure mellow gets the, traded uh, in the offseason the nba players rumor or the players association uh i can't remember michelle who's the head of the nba players association the lead counsel for them i, I know what you mean yeah i know what you mean uh i'm gonna look but, her up okay michelle roberts um, just because oh, I don't yeah. want to shortchange her, because I actually think she's really good. But um, she basically said uh, NBA players are not allowed to show disloyalty to the team that owns them and demand a trade. And yet, why are front office guys? And so the NBA is P- Players Association has filed a grievance on behalf of Mello, which I think is fantastic because you've yeah. got a guy with a no trade clause that you're basically trying to harass <laughs> into waiving his no trade clause. And if I'm Mello, and I, I, I've tweeted this, but I basically say, you can buy me out, otherwise I'm staying. I basically yeah. make them, if you want to get rid of me, uh, there's 24 million, 
you know, I think he has fifty million dollars left on his contract. Yeah, um, I guess you, you can like pay that. me my fifty million, or you can put up with me. It would be my, yep. you know, and that <laughs> that number is so high that there's no way they could just you know leave him on there and let him eat their salary cap and you know pay him not to come to the arena. Um, yeah. You know, because that's probably a fifth or, you know, a fourth of a team salary cap. So Sure. But I don't see – I mean, if you're Porzingis, like, why do you re-sign there, right? Like, well, you, you wait for your rookie contract to – He's still to, got three more years there. So a lot's going to happen in three years. You know yeah. what I mean? I, no, I, for sure. I fully think if Dolan has any brain in his head, he needs to uh, get rid of him or figure out a way to – Exit the Phil Jackson situation. Yeah. But, but I, how long is his option for that he just signed him up for? Another five years? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> if I – yeah, but this is Dolan. Dolan has Dolan money. Right. You know? <laughs> he owns the Knicks. That that team makes so much money it's ridiculous. I mean, yeah. if I'm him – There's no guarantee the guy come, coming in out to replace Phil Jackson is any better. I mean, why, why look we, at the string of, he, he of executives that have filed through He could get David there. Griffin. It's not going to get David Griffin. Well, he's a free agent. <laughs> if you're David Griffin, do you go there? Like, if you're David Griffin, why don't you go take the Orlando job? Oh, God, no. <laughs> I wouldn't want that Orlando job. I know, but it's better yeah. than, than a Dolan job. Well. Like, you're never, it's never going to leave you alone. Yeah, but the other, yeah, and that's such a dysfunctional organization. I mean, you just look at that entire uh, Charles Oakley thing. I wouldn't be, I'd. I, I don't blame Zinger. I mean, the the whole season was a circus. They had that player or that season ticket owner owner that they banned because he annoyed yep. the owner so much. And then they yep. had the whole Oakley situation. They have uh, the Phil Jackson, you know, his just total bizarreness. Uh, the the trying to integrate the triangle and yeah. clearly exercising way. You know, I. I complain about David Griffin not sitting down with Ty Lue sometimes and, you know, telling him to do certain things. But then you have the opposite in New York where they're just, I mean, Phil Jackson oh, yeah. has far too much control over the product that's on the floor. Have they fired than, Hornacek yet? Or they, do you think they will? I I don't know. I, it would be the best thing to happen to Hornacek because I don't blame him at all for any of that. that it's just a circus there. Yeah, You know, it, it's hard to blame Hornacek at all. I mean, he seems to have been a good soldier throughout the whole process. Yeah. Um, you well, know. do you think, yeah, do you think that, to go back to something that you said before, so you do you think Griff comes back? Or do you think it's, or do you think it right now it's just, you think it's just, just it, uh, it Gilbert, Gilbert leaving it open-ended to see how the, how the playoffs play out? I, I think it all depends on how the playoffs play out. I mean, if the Cavs have a meltdown, um, if some of these guys that Griffin brought in don't pan out, um, definitely uh, he could be gone. But do you um, think there's a world where he just does the Danny Ferry thing and says, I'm not interested in coming back because I, you waited so long and didn't re-sign me and you paid everybody else but me, so I'm just gonna, thanks but no thanks. I'm going to go build somebody else up. I don't think he does that, but – I think if the other offers are out there, he listens to them. Right. Because there was that whole thing with what Nate Forbes and the 
all, all of that, like mid, like mid season where there was some yeah. shake up there. And as I remember, a lot of people said that that had a lot to do with, with Griff wanting more control or, you know, more, you know, some more ability there, but, you know, but ultimately, you know, is that, is that something that, um, you know, is that, is that part and parcel of what, what this is about? Is it just, is it just Griff, is it Gilbert saying like, you know, let's wait till after the playoffs and we'll see how it goes. And, you know, maybe Griff's just saying like, fine, I'll just, if, yeah. <laughs> if we get to the finals or win the, win it all again, then my, my bargaining position, you know, is sky, sky high. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, let's, let's, uh, call, you know, LeBron James GM of this team. <laughs> I mean, do you think that Dante? I know Jones, you like to say it. But I don't yeah, but okay. Who do you think made that Dante Jones call? Do you think it was LeBron or do you think it was Griff? I think you know they Wiggins told Dante. Dante Jones. I think they told Dante Jones last summer. Hey, we're gonna. I mean, that that was it was even reported like saying like, oh yeah, we we had to cut Dante, but we're gonna. We told them we we're gonna come back to him you know, down the road. And they yeah. did. I so guess. it's not like it not, what was reported. It's not like it was. No, it you know, just doesn't make any sense to me. So I, I get it. But look, I, LeBron had nothing to do with the Corver deal. Oh, I thought he did. I thought he told him, go, you know, go get me a shooter. No, LeBron he said, go said get he me always a play. wanted to play with Corver. Well, yeah, he said, go, play yeah but he said, go get me a playmaker. And of course, well, Corver's not, not a playmaker. Then there was an article yesterday that said the playmaker LeBron wanted was Deshaun Stevenson. You mean Lance? Lance Stevenson. Yeah, sorry. Deshaun of yeah. the Fiery Fingers was okay. not the guy he wanted. But yeah, Lance yeah. Stevenson. Too many, too well, many Stevensons they, in LeBron's career. And they brought him in. But then, you know, and then he obviously underwhelmed them. And then he didn't do anything yeah. with with uh, Memphis. And I think he got hurt again, too. With he got hurt. It wasn't Memphis. It was Minnesota. And he got hurt. No, no, I think he's weak, but I think he re-injured something in Memphis too, which is why yeah. Memphis cut him. But uh, well, but yeah, look, he's been back at home with Indiana. Lance Stevenson so. strikes me as a guy who is not going to blow you away in a workout, but is a gamer, you know? Right. Uh, so, I but what, is, what? But what role does Lance Stevenson play on this? I mean, you, I mean, sure, I'd rather Lance have Lance Stevenson. I'd rather have Lance Stevenson than than Shumpert. Would you but, rather have Lance Stevenson or Deron Williams or Darren Williams? Uh, well, it depends. Like if, <laughs> if if Darren Williams was being used correctly, then Darren Williams, but he's not because Darren Williams is always in the game with LeBron and and never never being and rarely does the whole pick and roll thing that he's so good at. So you know, yeah, he's basically I, I just, a glorified spot up shooter right now. Which is fine because he's hitting them, but yeah. it's not really what his skill set is. So, you know, it's like you you want look. He looked great in that in that uh, final was the Miami, game. the Miami game, yeah. And you know, yeah, he had a lot of turnovers, but like like eight of them were late in the game because he played forty six minutes. Well, and that was mostly because K Felder got hurt, and and it's hard to blame. You can't blame Lou for that one. That right. was a fluke. That was a fun game, but actually, that was actually the, yeah. one of the funnest games I've had in a while. And I, I did feel like it set the tone a little bit for the playoffs more than I really thought it would. So, right. It, it well, was, I think uh, Ch- what Channing said as much after the game too, yeah. right? Like said that it, it went a long way because guys weren't just shouting at each other out in the court; they were actually 
playing with each other and having a good time. So hopefully that'll continue to carry over. And I thought Windhorse said something really interesting the other day where he said the Cavs need uh, another little Kev. Like they need yeah. that thing. That well, I Kev said that in like the uh, final five. Thing. I quoted him. Oh, yeah. Right. I yeah. said they need Stanley the Flat Earth Turtle. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. They need something. They need yeah. something. Hopefully they can they can find find that that they need to cha- they need to find their new spirit animal. Yeah. Whatever that may be. <laughs> but look, I I still expect them to play tough games against Indy and win a four or five game series and then you know, we'll we'll see what the second round brings. Yeah, but um, but I I I don't know. I, I even before that game, I I still there's still a a in the back of my mind a, a confidence level that it's hard to give up on until they're down. Oh, you know, absolutely. until they're down o two or or three one to to somebody. I, I think they got to be down three o to somebody before I'll give up. <laughs> yeah, maybe not <laughs> even then after three one. So. Yeah. Well, uh, that that about wraps her up for uh, Cavs a blog in in the words of the cowboy from uh, Big Lebowski. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I've watched that movie twice in the last two weeks. So. <laughs> it's been on. It's been on HBO a lot lately. Yeah, it so. has. So that's where I've been watching it. So <laughs> all time classic. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Anyway, um, as always, go Cavs. Go Cavs. Let's hope they get a another win number two uh, tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger. There's a fire. And we're out. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.